I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're gonna to be talking about finding hope and security in relationships. So Margaret's got some good research that talks about the importance of hope and how it helps us to cope with everyday life. Right. And you know, it's interesting that when we're in a breakup, Margaret, mm -hmm. we feel hopeless. I hear it all the time, don't you? Most of the time, we feel hopeless for very long periods of time. Yes. And, and it really is part of the breakup process is just accepting that at this moment in time, it's hopeless. In other words, showing up their house, writing them a handwritten letter, uh, sending them a good reminder text isn't going to turn things around but allowing them time to process and think about things and miss you is, but that takes time. So in the present moment, a lot of times it does feel hopeless. Yes, it does. But it's nice to feel hope in our relationships. And, you know, people will talk about false hope and breakups. So you give false hope. Yeah, we don't want any of that. Yeah. We want the real thing. Well, you know, the truth is, is that a lot of times you're in a situation that looks completely hopeless and is for a long time. And one day your ex comes back. Right. And sometimes you're in a situation that you think you have a good shot. And for whatever reason, it doesn't turn around. So saying how it's going to go or that there's false hope, you know, it's tricky because for me, if, as long as both of you are alive and breathing, I right. think there's some kind yeah. of hope. Yeah, yeah, sure there is. <laughs> so, okay. Margaret, you got some good in, uh, research here today, right? Yes. Um, this is an article by Hal Shorey, and he's a psychologist, a Ph.D. psychologist, and we've quoted Hal Shorey before. Mm -hmm. He writes things that I think are most comprehensible and helpful. But anyway. Well, let's hope it's good. Let's hope so, and we don't want to <laughs> despair of that. Hope is a way of thinking in which you expect positive outcomes in life. Now, if you haven't had a lot of positive outcomes in life, it becomes harder, okay? But hope is a way of thinking in which you expect positive outcomes in life because of your ability to, number one, develop clear, challenging, and achievable goals. Okay. I'm going to vacuum the living room by tomorrow. Identify the strategies or pathways to get to those goals. And muster the motivation needed to use those pathways and actively pursue the goals. Sure. So if you can do these things for yourself, it will help with hope. And it can be a little thing like vacuuming the living room or a big thing like a career change mm -hmm. or, or any number of things. Sure. Okay. So it's like if the workbooks... Yeah. The goals, you work on it 20 to 30 minutes every day, 
right? Right. You're identifying the strategy because they're in those workbooks because mm -hmm. it's talking about this skill, improving this mm -hmm. skill, improving your, how to communicate or understanding attachment so you understand your partners better. And then just having the motivation to do it all the time, every day, a little bit at a time to get you going. And then in time, you're feeling a lot more secure, a lot yep. more confident, and you're a lot more skilled to navigate relationships. And even if it's a tiny goal, that's great too. That, that will help because you have to get familiar with your ability to do it. Yep. Okay? Research shows that people who score higher in hope mm -hmm. have better mental health and greater happiness and physical health as well. Interesting. We should all be in the business of instilling hope in ourselves and in each other. Mm -hmm. Okay? Even though the process of developing hope starts in early childhood, it continues into adulthood and works the same way even into old age. I still hope I'll vacuum the living room by tomorrow. <laughs> I hope you, you vacuum mine. Yep, sure. <laughs> now he goes back to talking about a truly secure base, which is what helps us develop hope. And he says you need three elements to really be a good, secure base. Sensitivity. That's the ability to accurately read, understand, and support the child emotionally or your partner, okay. whoever you're a secure base for. Mm -hmm. Autonomy support, which of course I love as a concept because I'm always talking about autonomy. The ability to coach and guide the child in a way that matches the child's developmental level. In other words, you're going to support the child to have as much autonomy as he's willing to have. Mm -hmm. Okay? And if you're supporting a partner, you certainly want to give them as much autonomy as they want and need. Mm -hmm. Okay? Three, levels of control. Autonomy support means that the parent encourages the child in going after the goal, gives useful hints and suggestions, and uses a tone of voice that tells the child that mother is there to help, mm -hmm. okay? Across the last decade, scholars have increasingly viewed attachment processes in the secure base function as operating through adulthood and interpersonal relationships and even in relationships with bosses at work, right? Um, so all of this impacts your whole life, we are now understanding, okay? Bosses at work, have you ever had a micromanager, ever work for somebody who micromanages? That's enough to drive you bananas mm -hmm. because it interferes with your basic autonomy, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, I have had that kind of a boss and it made me bonkers. <laughs> I could think of one. Yes, um, yes, I'm sure you can. <laughs> Researchers have described this relationship between healthy dependency and autonomy as the dependency paradox, okay? There's healthy dependence and autonomy at the same time. Sounds like a paradox. Mm -hmm. It stipulates that a responsive attachment figure remains the source of security across the lifespan, and only when a person experiences this security will he or she be able to explore confidently and autonomously? And it all goes back to mother's knee. Picture mom in a room with the child, okay? And the child will come and hug mom's knee, 
and then go out and explore the room. All right. And the more secure the child is, the more thoroughly he or she will explore. Mm -hmm. All right. In other words, you've got to take the emotional supplies from mom and then go out and use them to separate a little bit, enough to explore. Yeah. In other words, if the secure person is controlling or offering support that is not needed or desired, it will have the effect of diminishing hope and impeding goal pursuits among adults as well as among children. Okay? So to have a true sense of autonomy, it really has to have been encouraged by parents. And that can often be a difficult area for people to look at. And I, I maintain that, you know, many, many times, interfering, although well-meaning parents, sabotage relationships, and it often goes unnoticed. So if you're getting too much advice from parents at any age, it discourages your autonomy and therefore your hope. Okay? Yeah. So controlling parents and micromanaging bosses inhibit the development of hope and autonomy in their children or their employees. And I think in a partnership, if you are not uh, encouraging your partner oh, to yes. do their dreams yeah. or whatever it is they're excited right. about... Right. Um, and I feel like insecure people do that because, oh, if they oh, have okay. this freedom or they have this... They might leave them, me. Yeah. They might leave me. So sometimes it can be very difficult. If you want to learn advanced basket weaving and you're going to have to go to seminars on Saturdays to do it, you want to be secure enough to let the person do it. Yeah. It's an important thing. And, of course, I liked any article that talked about autonomy and security over the lifespan. Okay. Very important that you do that with your right. partners and you give them freedom to be who yeah. they want to be. Yeah. Because you can imagine how you would feel if your partner wasn't encouraging of the things that you like to do. Absolutely. And if you have a parent who's saying, don't go outside, you might catch something. Um, don't go outside. There could be dangerous people out there. That's going to impede your autonomy. Go outside, stay in the yard and be careful, but let them go would be much better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, give Margaret a thumbs up for her research on this one. And of course, when you want to get our help, just go to my website, askcraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret is available for Skype coaching. If you feel that I can be helpful to you, please sign up. Just click on Margaret on the top of the website to do that. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.